Hello, welcome to A Live Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on A Live Just Blethering, I'd like to talk about Oh God, The Aftermath by Norma Jean. Why didn't you make me listen to wrongdoers, Lav? Why, oh, why was this not wrong? I don't answer because I know the answer. All right? I know why it's not wrongdoers, but I'm pissed it wasn't wrongdoers. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> if you're new here, it's great, great. Uh, great, great, to, great to meet you. Um, great, it's great. <laughs> this, great. Is, this is a live just blethering. Uh, and great. this is... My, me and my fellow host were diving through the archives, going through the old stuff. So this week's episode, I gave Keith a Norma Jean album to listen to. And, and it was the wrong goddamn album. It's safe to say this band has gone through some... It's gone through some stuff. But if you want to join the conversation, please reach out to us at AOGB Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or even send us an email aogb.podcast at gmail.com aogb.podcast you could we've discussed this many times keith you could actually oh, send it to aogbp.odcast it doesn't matter you can put the dot anywhere i've still not googled as to how that works but yes so keith give us give us some give us some feelings why is wrongdoers so good why is Oh God, The Aftermath, not the album you hoped it would be. Right, listeners, a little peek behind the curtain. I'm going to refer to my phone as to when I first listened to this album and I messaged Lav. So this is where I was at. This is this is how I felt, right? Okay, wait for it. Probably should have found this before. Probably should have found this before. Okay, so I've sent Lav a link to the album. And I said, first listen, five songs in, and I hate this. New line, new message, hate, new message, this. I hate this. Lab's reply was fuck off, and that's where the conversation went from there. But <laughs> I, I just, oh man. Look, I've calmed down a little bit. I've, I've calmed down a little bit since you're, you're, you're losing your shit over there. I'm so proud of my response. I'm so <laughs> Get fucked, Keith. This is amazing. No, I know. I get it. I get it. Um, I, I've since calmed down. Do I still hate it? Maybe not. Do I still dislike it immensely? Yes. It's yes, uh, I do. There's there's not a the, a lot of what is on this album embodies a lot of what I sort of didn't don't like about the genre or don't like. I, I never got into this style of music. I never got into the genre, whatever you want to call this sort of like. What is this? Is it is it is it post hardcore? Is it is it what is it? Yeah, post hardcore would be a sensible tag to give anything that's been released since two thousand and three. But also, I guess I would go down the. It was the first time I would really heard this discordant sort of sound. So for the for those at home, I. I know there was a Norma Jean album before this one. I'm going to bring it up soon. But this this album was the first time I heard Norma Jean. 
And that's what we do here at Alive Display of the Ring. It's the music we found in love growing up. So you found Norma Jean via Oh God, The Aftermath. And and I liked the album. I really liked the album when I first heard it. It was It was raw. It was angry. It had passion and emotion and just 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 raw emotion just pouring out of it and i loved it and then someone was like oh you need to listen to the one that came before it and my god it's a different band it's a it, they had a different singer that was when i discovered josh scrogan and then they got the new singer and Corey for oh god the aftermath and it, it starts sort of unraveling of this band Norma Jean. So at the beginning there, Keith mentioning why didn't we do wrongdoers? In in our opinion, clearly shared opinion, wrongdoers is the best Norma Jean album. Period. Yes. I don't know if I can confidently say that because I don't know every album. Wrongdoers is where I found Norma Jean, so there you go. There's my rose-tinted glasses towards that album. But good lord, whether it's the best album or not, it's a hell of a lot more enjoyable than what this was for me. It's so different. And the thing with Norma Jean with me was that when I first heard Oh God, The Aftermath, I then heard uh, Bless the Mark, Kiss the Child, which is on... Mm, brain blank. It's Bless the Matter, Kiss the... Oh, do you mean the label? So, sorry, Solid State. Right, so, what? Bless the Matter... No, I was right. It was Bless the Matter, Kiss the Child. I, was... I couldn't think if I'd got the band name of the, the song. I heard the song... Memphis Laid to Waste. Memphis Laid to Waste, off the album, Bless the Matter, Kiss the Child. Now, I listened to that album this week as well, and blimey, that's a fucking great album. And I would love to have mentioned that album, but officially, playing by the rules of the podcast, that was not where I discovered this band. And I thought, officially, I should really start where the story starts. So went back one album, listened to that, loved it, discovered that they changed vocalists, and then discovered that this band had been started by the previous vocalist, Josh. The Chariot loved The Chariot. The Yanni Depp EP that they released is oh magnificent, and everything The Chariot have done has been brilliant. They've never missed a beat. Norma Jean, however, they'd changed vocalists, and Oh God, The Aftermath was was great. They followed that up with Redeemer, which was good, and then there was The Anti-Mother, which was fine, and there was there was three albums there that I will stand by. I can't tell the difference about any of those songs on which album they belong on. You could play me a song from Oh God, The Aftermath, from Redeemer, or The Anti-Mother, and I wouldn't have a clue which album it was from. That's interesting. I don't think I've really heard Redeemer or The Anti-Mother either. I, from Wrongdoers, I went back to Meridonal. I don't mean that in a... I don't want anyone to take that away as a negative. Yeah. It's just that they're very... There was no um, progression in the band's sound. There are basically three albums of the same music. Effectively, yes. I'm probably going to get a bit of shit for that, but it it feels to me, I I struggle to tell them apart. Very much the same story on each album. It's harsh, brash, kicks the shit out of your fucking ears. It's full of the discordant moments, but it just, it's just constant, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Meridonal, there's 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 a glimmer of wrongdoers in there. 
Mm-hmm. They've got moments where it starts chilling out a bit, if if that's one way to put it. I seem to remember enjoying Meridonal. I didn't I didn't go back into it as in depth as I did with Wrongdoers and later Polar Similar, mm. but I do remember sort of revisiting that and being like, oh no no this this is this is pretty cool. And really by the by the time you hit Wrongdoers, they are they are an absolutely different band from 2002's Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child. Oh, but even, even Oh God the Aftermath in, like, in sound and lineup. <laughs> yeah, entirely in more ways than one. So that's. That's sort of where I sit with Norma Jean. I, I am absolutely a, a 2010 onwards fan. I've never really been able to go back and, and enjoy the other stuff. I first was introduced to Norma Jean via Memphis Laid to Waste. Like, you know, I think it's probably even to this day so one of their, their, their most popular songs. I think I mentioned it on, on a previous episode. Uh, a friend of mine had made a mixtape. There was a lot of like big singles and stuff on that. And bless Marcus, uh, sorry, Memphis Lee to Waste was on that. I still have a soft spot for that song. I think there's I, a lot of nostalgia in that song. The amount right. of club nights, parties, yeah. car journeys where that's been put on. Yeah, and I love a discord. Like I do. Like you know, you just you just hear that discordant ring. You hear that stab. You hear that pal mutum. Gee, like I'll, that that shit gives me goosebumps on any song ironically not oh god the aftermath because it's full but, of it i think the, the the problem is they've they found a formula and then they just rinsed and repeated it a bit on the whole album it feels very samey i struggle to tell some of the songs apart i remember beyond network having i think it had a video and i really enjoyed the song but the rest of the album doesn't really change or deviate away from that from, right. For the most part, it's it's quite an onslaught, and I found it quite a difficult listen. If I'm not not lying, it was it wasn't the um the 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 resurgent like oh I've not heard this song in a while and I'm fucking two stepping around the living room or anything like that. It was just this oh yeah this was good and that's about it really. So where did where where did you find Oh God the Aftermath? How how were you introduced to this album? Similar story with the mixtape with yourself, I suppose. A friend of mine gave me a MP3 data disc. So if we're gonna oh. get, if you want to get, technical, oh no, I know what you mean. Sorry, I I totally confused what that meant. But yeah, someone's just burned a bunch of MP3s to to a CD. So if for those at home who are under the age of twenty five, this is gonna blow your mind. You could have a CD, and if you put the songs onto it to play in a standard CD player. It would hold 74 or 80 minutes of music. If you saved songs to a CD as files, you could have a data disk and you could have up to, was it 650 megabytes? You know, over half a gig on a single CD, maybe 750 megabytes. Yeah, there were 750, the disks were 750. Um, so if, essentially, a friend of mine gave me just a wedge of music. Uh, Parkway Drive was on it. This was on it. And um, there's lots, lots of stuff that we can probably talk about. It even was the first time I heard Devil Sold His Soul. That was on it as well. <laughs> this is a really good CD. It was the best, you know, great introduction. I told them what I was listening to at the time. I'd been listening to things like Poison the Well and Comeback Kid, and they were like, got your, got your fam. 
and handed me this yeah. disc. And then say no more, bro. Say no more. Yeah, that was it. It's just it was like ticking ticking boxes on a Facebook. Tick some pages that you like and we'll recommend you some more. Yeah. And there was it. Bosh. The original Spotify, Campbell Parker. So he gave me this and that was my in. And then it developed from there. I listened to some of the bands on it and then I was being told you should be listening to the older stuff. And yeah, it just sort of snowballed, I guess. Um, and it was always amazing to me how I heard Norma Jean at the same time as I heard The Chariot. And those right, of bands... Course, both Josh, Josh Grogan. Exactly. And how much I really liked him. Um, but then I got to see The Chariot live supporting architects. Mm-hmm. So there's my first link. The next thing was at the same time, roughly the same time, Converge released their album No Heroes, mm-hmm. which is basically Norma Jean on steroids. Mm-hmm. And from there, you then, with what we were talking about with Norma Jean in the 2013, they're releasing Wrongdoers, Paula Similar a few years later. In the middle, they released, was it in the middle or was it after, after Paula Similar, uh, Corey from Norma Jean goes and starts a, for want of a better word, if anyone listened to the Audio Slave episode, a supergroup. And that we love a supergroup on uh, AOGB. It's been a while since we've had a supergroup, man. It is, and if we ever were talking about 2017 albums, I'd probably bring 100 Sons, uh, the Peristals- Peristalsis, on. Sure. Fucking great album. Uh, you know, you've got Norma Jean X. Um, X Every Time I Die got legs on drums beautiful album very much a in the same vein as Paula Similar and Wrongdoers in that sort of evolution uh, and then they've gone on to do All Hail, their last album in 2019 and it's out of those four albums flawless flawless albums can listen to from end to end no complaints great albums so, so where do you stand now with Oh God, The Aftermath? How has Oh God, The Aftermath aged in the 17 years since it was released on March 1st, 2005? Hmm, poorly. Yeah? Yeah. I think there's a... There's, you, you mentioned this before we were recording. It was the sound at the time. Right. There's a specific sound I'm going to talk about on this album that I that I loathe. That the on my first listening, I I I couldn't I couldn't get past it in 2005, and I couldn't get past it in 2022 either. So the we've mentioned this is Corey's first album with Norma Jean. Now Norma Jean, they'd been going since 1997 as as Ludacris with Josh on vocals. Luda. Whether they were a different band, but <laughs> we're not talking about them today. But Josh. He'd left after Bless the Mark Kissed the Child and Corey stepped in. And I think Corey's trying a little bit too hard to sound like Josh. Agreed. The vocals on this album are absolutely hand... Like, ta- oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mince. Not rich. 
not rest- well, yeah, not restrained or they're 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 conflicted. They're they're I wanted to say ham fisted. He's trying too hard to sound like Josh Grogan. And this is a style of vocal that absolutely did my head in at the time. And I can hear it now on Memphis Laid to Waste. And it's the it's almost like the, the vocalists are screaming through their through their hands into the microphone and it just sounds really compressed and, and it's the same tone throughout the entire fucking song and it never changes. You you come on to wrongdoers and Corey's an incredible if I go back earlier, Corey's an incredible vocalist on his own. But they obviously had a style at this time, circa two thousand two to two thousand five, and he's trying to do that style. And I don't think it, I don't think it works for him at all. Well, at least in the very, it doesn't work for me. And quite clearly, they changed their style so much later on that mm-hmm. it's unrecognizable from what this is. Definitely, I agree entirely. I, is it's that cupped mic sound? It's almost like they're trying to translate what they would do on stage onto the record in the studio but that's not how it works it you need to record properly enunciate in a vocal booth and get it recorded well and i that sound like that yeah. that muffled is very the, the vocals are very muffled and i think the guitar tones are a little bit muted and I don't mean palm muted. I mean just they're a bit, <laughs> in, maybe not not in a great place in the mix. And I was absolutely stunned. And I and I when I I don't use the word lightly stunned to find out who had produced this album. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Blimey, Matt Bales, you are. If you're not listening, but I'm going to say it anyway. You are the producer of some of, if not my favorite albums. Agreed. Second. Second. I mean, okay. He has an assistant. We'll start from the beginning. He's got an assistant credit on one of the best recorded Alison Chains album, the self-titled Tripod, if you will. Um, He's done like three Caspian albums. All the Walking Season, Him for the Greatest Generation, and Dust and Disquiet. Isis, Make Do and Mend, Mastodon. Oh my god. Mastodon, Leviathan, Blood Mountain and Remissions. Isis, Celestial, Oceanic, Panoptagon, and In the Absence of Truth. Like, And this is just his selected discography. Like, yeah, he did Oh God, The Aftermath, Masters of Horror soundtrack. He's done a lot of good shit as producer mixer and you know engineer it so he's he's clearly picked up some skills and yeah you know shout out to fucking matt bales you have got your shit together oh he was an assistant on around the fur as well so he's, he's clearly been around the scene for a long time and knows knows what he needs to do but to be brutally honest, I do not appreciate this album sonically. Sonic, yeah, sonically, I really struggle with this album. I agree. I think it, it, you want to take the nostalgia away from it for me. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for it because it was the first time I heard Norma Jean, and I, I love the song Beyond Network. I think it's got a really good rhythm and um, pace about it that just 
gets my head nodding every time. The rest of the album is much the same. It does give me a bit of bit of that harking back to the days of, of you know, throwing some limbs around. But you were we, we had a we had a we had a disagreement about the meaning of the word two step, didn't we? We did. And you I think you have this like alternate picking idea of two step. Sort of I'm imagining like art of American step. Art of American football style like that i don't know how to that punk beat that punk rhythm yeah two step to me is like a punk thing it's like that that's sort of how i always understood it and then when you sort of like no it's it's you tell me what you thought two step was because then i had a really funny thing it's just like a bit slower so in in beyond network it's got a i love the rhythm of the dun no other way i can put it so the listeners can't see what you're doing now but i can right so you you physically started moving in your chair you started throwing like fist after fist right you started rocking your shoulders and you you would do that thing with your feet right you would throw them in front of each other and kick them back out yeah yeah you were a fucking TikToker, lav. That's what that was. I used to hate guys that did that. What, actually dance? N- no, just do these like redundant little moves. Like I saw that stuff in clubs and I was just like, oh man, like I, d- I didn't. This is why I stopped going out. This, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why I don't like this people. Is, this is why I stopped going to nightclubs. This is why I stopped doing this stuff. Like, you know, th- think about it these days. That, that dance move would... Is probably already on TikTok. Oh yeah, and I thought that I thought that was funny because that was, and maybe this is just my um my 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 inner rejection coming out years later. But I just never got into that scene. I never f- felt. I never felt welcome. No, I just I just never felt like I wanted to be in that and I just you know, just to turn up to a song and do like the same dance move throughout, like as if that was like part of the club. I was just like, Oh no, fuck this. Like this is this I mean, is awful. I have to say and that's it, it 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 couldn't go on forever and it's a young person's game. So Absolutely. You, we are not young people anymore. I, I am out of breath within seconds doing that in real life these days, so if if I want to give myself a heart attack, if I fancy committing suicide, I'll try and two step for the entirety of Beyond Network. That'll be when you know I'm I'm done. Now, full disclosure to stupid dance moves. If you want to do a rowboat, if you want to do like the the saw across the the dance floor, <laughs> if you want to do a human pyramid, I'm your man. I'll be that idiot. Like I will do that shit. But yeah, just the the whole two step stuff and that. Like it just mm, I saw it and I was like. I'm gonna go away to the bar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just, I just thought that was funny. I just thought these days that would be a TikTok. Probably would. It'd blend in really well. Um, it would blend in really TikTok well. So, you're talking about being network. That's track three. Being, and I don't get the track names. Everything's got like a weird, amalgamated name: Coffin Spire, Liar Scenic, and then it's got a colon, and it's got you know. Disconnect colon the faithful vampire abysmental colon street karma. I, I, I'm I'm not quite in on whatever that's supposed to be. Oh, wait, hang on. The words feature on the CD cover 
our lyrics to the songs, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's the, they're all portmanteaus. So the blend of words with multiple words, it's all just gibberish, effectively. Um, great, great. Good, good to know. So on those tracks, though, yeah, you sort of sent me Bayer Network. Mm-hmm. And as a sort of like, give this album another chance, listen to this song, you know, that started our two-step conversation. And I was just like, lol. <laughs> but, you know... And I listened to what I did actually was listen to it on a different system because I started listening to the system and uh, to start listening to this album in my car. So I listened to this on a different system, and I was actually like, "Oh, that's that's not so bad." Track three, Bay Network, not actually so bad, but it has the the and I identified what what it was about that song that's different is the chorus sounds like it's actually Corey in the chorus. You know, oh, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't maintain the scream throughout or like the, the, the harsh growl. Like he actually sort of comes into his sort of strained clean. And I was just like, all right, now cool. I can, I can appreciate that a little bit. And then it was track 10. Pretendever. In reference to a sinking ship. Um, the, the, genuinely not even much of that song stands out to me apart from the end where I think they just like drop a tune in in the middle of the song, mm. and it totally goes into like a gent gent riff, yeah, or something like that, whatever it is. Like that sort of stood out to me. I was like, oh, that's there's something different. There's a change. There's there's a there, you know, it's not like you were sort of saying the the songs do bleed into one another. You, you can't tell the difference be, between one song from three different albums. Well, you know. Track 10 and track 3 have things that stood out to me and made me check my phone and I was like, cool. The rest of it, I was like, oh, God, this is painful to, to, to try and power through. Yeah. I I have to say, I listened to... So, this week, I mentioned I listened to Bless the Mark, Kiss a Child. That album is much more dynamic. It's got a lot... It's just got a lot more variance and just better shades if that's a word for it like it just I, I would recommend anybody who's a Norma Jean fan just to compare the two side by side and if you weren't around at the time you'll recognize it pretty quickly that bless the mark kiss the child was clearly the result of um you know five guys who'd been playing together for years at that point Mm-hmm. And that was the result of you know they'd had an album previously already under the under the guise of Ludacris, and also produced by Mister D himself, Adam D and Norman Jean credited as the producers for Bless the Mark is a Child. Interesting, and it goes to show it's it's a much better album overall, like. In so many ways. And I remember people telling me that back in 2005. And I I couldn't really see it. And it, it, I must admit, it's only this, this recent week that I've really put the two side by side and gone, fuck me, this album stands the test of time. Uh, Bless the Mark, Kiss the Child is the better early album. Mm. And... And I have to again say I don't want to. I don't want people thinking that I'm I'm shitting on uh, the anti mother or um 
Redeemer at all. Those are two very good albums with excellent artwork on, uh, on I think it's Redeemer. Is that the one? I get, see, again, I get the, the even the artwork mixed up. Well, funny you should say that because Oh God, the Oh God, the Aftermath was the artwork for that album was nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, and it was done by the same guy who did the artwork for uh, Poison the Well. Tear from yeah, the Red. called Ryan Clark. So Ryan was an uh, American graphic designer and musician who has also performed using the, the stage name Maven. He is known as the lead vocalist for Christian metal band Demon Hunter. I want to know I've heard of Demon Hunter. I want sorry, I want to say I've heard of Demon Hunter, but I don't want I don't know that I've listened to them. I definitely have a compilation CD from two thousand and two with Demon Hunter on. They are, they're still going. They're from two, two, 2000 to present. Ryan Clark is still the vocalist. So they're still, they're still a boot. Uh, interestingly, though, with, with Norma Jean, uh, they have had quite, quite the lineup shift. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we've, we've spoke already about, about Josh leaving and being replaced by Corey. Uh, that really does set the tone for the the rest of these albums i i'm just looking at their looking at their wikipedia now and it's like looking at the guitar tabs from guitar hero because it's just changes and steps and i'm even from so obviously bless the martyr they changed vocalist onto oh god the aftermath they kept the same lineup for two albums so oh god the aftermath and then would that be Redeemer that came afterwards? Uh, it's not been... Mm. Redeemer 2006, yeah. The Anti-Mother 2008. So yeah, the artwork for Redeemer, I really like the artwork for that. The That image of a, of someone being attacked by a, a raven. That's quite... That is quite... Um, I, I, that is very recognisable. Like I, I know that image, and I might not have been able to have originally have said I know that as a Norma Jean image. And so they then, so they kept the same lineup for that. So it does feel like the albums do sort of bleed across each other. Really good. I think there's some improvements in in the recording and the production work, which makes it a little bit more sonically accessible. I should say. Okay. Uh, they kept. They then. For the next album, uh, Redeemer, they changed drummer. Yep. And then they kept him for two albums. So he was on both Redeemer and Meridonal. And whatever happened after the Meridonal sessions, they then basically, everyone left, except Corey and Chris Day. So, mm-hmm. who Chris... then shortly left the next album? <laughs> yeah, but so... then came back. Oh, that was Philip. That was Philip Farris. So yeah, if if anyone wants to have a look at the the lineup oh, yeah. changes, and this is what what surprised me most is like why why was Wrongdoers such a, a seminal moment in in their in their discography? Where did it come from? And clearly, it came from three band members leaving and being replaced. There was yeah, a massive change. Whether one person was able to influence the band some more, I can't. I don't want to point fingers, 
It's probably Corey, though, because when you look at what came after Wrongdoers, Wrongdoers, Paula Similar, and the the, the aforementioned Hundred Sons album, The Peristalsis, clearly he has gained some sort of traction because he's the only common denominator across all those albums that I can put a finger on that he's he's creatively whether he's creatively hit a stride or being able to make decisions that another band member was perhaps preventing him from doing I don't know you know we're not in those conversations but with a change of lead guitarist in 2013 or sorry in in 2011 they must have been working towards something big and wrongdoers to me was that album because it it brought me back in i i'd put norma jean aside by that stage after redeemer i was a bit like you know i can't take another album of this i'm not really that interested yeah wrongdoers pulled me back in big style yeah they, they were they were sort of really what introduced me back into the band but i suppose what i wanted to say about the the, the change of of lineup, as we always say, we'll never know. We're not privy to these conversations, etc. But almost embarrassingly, Norman Jean, through conversation with friends and stuff like that, were sort of the first band I came to realize were not a full time band. I don't believe I don't. As far as I'm aware, Norman Jean are not a full time band. Essentially, these guys will do an album, record an album, do a cycle, and they go back to day jobs. You know they're not they're not one hundred percent touring, recording, playing gigs like this isn't a one hundred percent moneymaker for them. They're 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 essentially a part time band, and that just sort of blew my mind a little bit that the idea of a band not being full time like I've I've known of these guys since two thousand three, friends of ours consistently listen to and recommend Norma Jean like they've always been a band I've been aware of and I know have been active. But then to sort of realise, well, actually, these guys actually can only manage this part time because at the end of the day, these guys aren't topping charts here. They're not. They, they can't be making loads of money off of this. So if three band, if 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 the rotation of members is so much because essentially there's not that much of a living to be made here, it starts to make a bit more sense as to why the, the, there is such a an open a rotating door of 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 members. But it does also sort of and this is this is purely me. This is just my 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 sort of interpretations here. I talked about this with the still remains episodes, sort of certain red flags about rotating members and, and stuff like that. There is no original member of Norma Jean left in the band. Corey's the longest serving member of the band, but he's also their third vocalist, technically. There was a, a vocalist in between him and Josh for about eighteen months. Probably like one tour. Yeah, a guy by the name of Brad Norris. He didn't he didn't stay for very long, and then Corey's came over. If it sounds like I'm being harsh on Corey, I'm not. I think he's an incredible vocalist. You know, wrongdoers onwards, or or yeah, like I, I grown into he's grown into his own. Yeah, he is his own vocalist. As as we sort of said, I, I think he's 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 hamfisted by. That's not the right expression here, but he's 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 restrained by what the style was at the time, and he has became so much better later on in his career. I do really like Corey, but to think of Norma Jean as a whole, to think of the eight studio albums that they have released, 
I, something in my head can't really appreciate the band Norma Jean hmm. because they don't really exist. I mean, they it's, do. They, they do exist, but just they they exist on a different level the, the to band, what you're yeah. used to or what your what your expectations are. Well, yeah, no, entirely. That's what I mean. Like, it's, it's it's my interpretation. So the band that wrote Wrongdoers in the band that wrote Wrongdoers in 2013 didn't write All Hail in 2019. The band that wrote All Hail in 2019 didn't write Redeemer in 2006. It's such a rotating list of musicians mm-hmm. that it just it just throws me out of the sort of concept of a band. Yeah, fair or not, I'm not criticizing them for it. I'm not these individual people. But it just does take me out a little bit, and I wonder if that's why I never went back to All Hail because I thought Wrongdoers and Polar Summer were amazing, but something about it didn't take me back to All Hail. Fair enough. I think the 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 bands are like this. If you're not basically on the road twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year, there isn't a living to be made. So they have they've got lives. So whether you're might have families, You've might have things to take care of, etc. Families, mortgages, bills to pay, and touring, like I said, unless you are doing it relentlessly, doesn't offer that security. And if you want to do it for the passion, do it for the love, I'm, I'm all for it. But it's no 100%. different. It's no different to us being in bands as kids and doing a few dates at the weekend. Oh yeah, only these guys are way better. Oh, the although these guys are obviously doing it to another level. Look at what happened to. Sorry, this is essentially what what we what we start as and what we recognise as that DIY sort of essence. They go out, they'll do a weekend, they'll take two weeks off work to do a tour of an area, whether it be Asia, Europe, or the states. Do it, and then go back to work, and then yeah, yeah, entirely. Uh, and like I said, they've not released an album now since 2019's All Hail. There's been nothing on the socials, as far as I can remember, of, of seeing anything about them doing anything new. So, again, we'll, we'll no doubt see when they when the almighty Norma Jean decide to to give us grace us with some new tunes. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Ed Gibbs, for example. We mentioned Devil Soul to Soul earlier. Ed Gibbs, the original vocalist for Devil Soul to Soul, he's back in the band, but he did leave for a while. And he basically said, I'm fed up being poor. Like, I remember a video of him as sort of explaining as to why he left, and he's like, I'm fed up being skin. Like, we don't make... The band doesn't make a lot of money. It's not enough to live on. So I'm leaving to go earn a living for myself why he came back i'm not entirely sure i'm very glad he came back but nothing against paul paul green you're great i just really like ed as well so you know and and that's that that is that that will never detract detract from the music for me like the fact that these guys have to have like day jobs and can't commit to 100 percent band and stuff like that not a problem that's cool the the con like I'm trying to say the constant rotation the different musicians the has which has resulted in different styles like you're saying wrongdoers what was the massive shift well three original band members left and we had three different guys come in and we almost got a completely different sounding band mm-hmm. just knocks me out a little bit just just takes me out of it out of the the ethos out of the the concept of 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 what at least in my head Norma Jean is yeah 
rightly or wrongly, I'm not saying it's a criticism, I'm not saying it's shit. It's just it's just affected my listening, as it has done with other bands. Insert still remains a band I fucking love. <laughs> yeah, you do do enjoy them. Because, uh, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the poster child for great first album, fucking weird second weird. album. Weird. <laughs> we both went weird there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and I can't, and the only thing that changed is a, the pretty much the entire lineup. Um, so yeah. It's precisely, a, precisely. Red flags. It's a shame when it happens and, you know, they clearly had some chemistry at the beginning. This chemistry, you know, chemistry of how these bands interact in the studio is going to come through on an album clearly you've got someone like adam d producing it he's got a vision that he wants for for bless the martyr then they change band they change lineup and they get a different producer and they've got their own vision and they might not be aware of the the shit that's going on in the background as well norma jean did post sorry to completely interrupt you there norma jean did post 13th of may oh they're posting they're, they're clearly live on on the socials but they're still pushing all heel. They're still that's their their thing. Yeah. They're, they've not like put any kind of new tracks out or anything of thought and you know, anything to speak of for that. Um you know, in so Josh Scrogan, he went on to, to start the chariot and them too, they went through their fair share of members, you know. In their, and they, but they officially called it a day after in 20. I want to say it was 2014, 2013. 2013, apparently. Yeah, they, and they've, you know, they officially give it an end date, which is probably a good thing. And then, you know, Josh went off to, to start the 68, who I think are great. They are one of their band, they're releasing albums and they fucking excellent albums i love 68 if if anyone wants something that's like grungy but hardcore with with noise and stuff give give them a listen they they released just an album just last year give one take one and two parts viper before that and inhumor and sadness all excellent albums i would highly highly recommend them so there's another point to the the vocals on this album, Oh God, The Aftermath, and the style and, and what it was at the time. We've talked about how Corey is is a completely different vocalist, has came into his own style, his own sound, and is a very recognisable, unique vocalist today. I nearly had a heart attack when you told me Josh Scrogan was in all this, was, was the other vocalist on All This and War from Every Time I Die's Radical. Like I love that song, and I think I recommended it. I was like, man, all this in war, like it's just, it's just so good. Like I cannot get over how good this song is. And you're like, oh yeah, Josh Grogan's on that. And I'm like, who the hell is Josh Grogan? And you're like, uh, Chariot, uh, Norma Jean. And I nearly died because I don't like Josh Grogan <laughs> because the only thing I know about Josh Grogan is Memphis Lead to Waste. It's that it's that vocals that I'm talking about. That I don't know if that's going to come through on the microphone, but you, you know. But even Josh Scrogan has been has removed himself so far from that style that I didn't even recognise that was the same guy. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane that, that that that's the same vocalist. And I've just never I've never gotten into the Chariot, and I've never even really knew about the sixty nine. To be fair, until sixty eight, whatever. Because because I just it's actually funny the um 
for whatever it was about the original Norma Jean and Memphis Lead the Ways, blah, blah, blah. Something about that album irked me. Something about that vocal style irked me. I didn't like it and I didn't want to know anything about it. And then a friend of ours showed me the video from the chariot for David Della Hawes. The oh, song yeah. David Della Hawes. And it's supposed to be like a one take going through a studio, blah, blah, blah. And I remember watching it and just thinking, this guy's a dick. <laughs> like there's a, there, there seems to be like an arrogance or an ego there. Whether it's all an act or what, I don't know. But they just just have this memory of not appreciating that, and that not being for me. And I've always distanced myself from it. But all this in war slaps, and I love it. Every frontman has to have a level of ego about them. They want to be in front of people. They're performers. They are drama. They are into that. They need to be that. And you end up making bracket narcissists. <laughs> Get well whether they've got that cut, you know sociopathic narcissistic they love themselves so much they need they need the applause they need it that's 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 what fills them what does that say to us who started the podcast <laughs> well, no one fucking listens so it's clearly not working is it it's definitely not narcissism it's just us talking <laughs> exactly there's a difference there's a difference yeah so that's that, 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 that's another thing i never really followed josh grogan I didn't really care for the chariot. I was fully aware of who it was. You've also mentioned another band, Converge. I don't know if you mentioned them in the podcast, but when we were talking about this, you were saying this sort of introduction to Norman Jean took you into bands like the chariot via Josh Grogan. It took you into to bands like Converge. Mm-hmm. So my first listen, to, my first ever time I heard Norma Jean was really the first time I sort of can visually remember hearing that, that discord, that sound that you, you mentioned there, that, you know, Get your blood pumping. When I heard Converge's No Heroes, so again, listeners at home, I'm sorry, I didn't hear Jane Doe when it got released. I didn't hear the the good shit, and I heard no, I heard No Heroes first, and that was just like I don't know how to describe it. Um. As if if you've ever seen the film The Lorax, the kids kids film. <laughs> oh my god! There's, where is there's this a going? moment when they when they they like they're doing like a fresh air advert because there's there's nowhere. It's a very environmental sort of message film, but they're getting fresh air and they open up this this bottle. I'm gonna have to demonstrate for Keith, and they just open up a bottle of fresh air and it just blows their face off. That is exactly what listening to converges, or you know, just that scene where there's just a speaker. And your fucking hair is going backwards, and that's listening to Converge to me. It is. It's like listening to music at a thousand miles per hour. It is just unrelenting. It's exhausting to listen to, and I love it. But I didn't know about that type of music. It started with Norma Jean. So round about the same time I was introduced to Norma Jean, I was probably introduced to Converge as well. And you will be utterly shocked to surprised, or utterly surprised to know. I hated it too. Didn't like it. It's that, there was just something about it, whether it was that, I like a discord, but that's maybe not to say at the time I liked discordant music, mm-hmm. it is that, you know, still remains drop discords into their, into their music. That's But Norma Jean and, and Converge and Still Remains are a thousand miles apart. It wasn't until 
it wasn't until 2017's Dark in Us by Conrad oh, starts dusk, with us. Dusk in Us. Mm. Sorry, the Dusk in Us. Oh, magnificent album. I heard that album, Single Tear, and I was in from there. I was like, oh, oh, I missed something here because this is holy moly. I would say Converge for me was, um, was it, what's the name? Axe to Fall is the album that was like, I heard I heard No Heroes and then I heard in 2006-ish, and I think the following album, Axe to Fall, was the one that proper drew me in, and then I went back to Jane Doe and uh, some of their earlier work and realised how much I'd been missing out on. That was a bit of an eye opener for me because uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I was to Jane Doe the day it was released. No, I wasn't. In two thousand and one, I was listening to fucking Linkin Park. So, like, you try, you try yeah, connecting that dot. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. Parkour. So I went on to. You know, it took me getting to Norma Jean to listen to chaotic music, you know, chaotic light music, and then you hear true chaos, and you're like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> took me by surprise. <laughs> true uh, chaos. But, yeah, I I think it, it's a, it was a good album for the time. 2022 specs on. I I see the flaws, and... Norma Jean really came into their own for me, as with you, in 2013 with Wrongdoers. I can't escape that. Much later on. No, same. I mean, let's let's look at where I was in 2005-2006. I was listening to bands like Protest the Hero, Dream Theater, etc. You, you know, there, there's... To, to, to compare those bands with your Norma Jeans and your Converges and stuff like that. You you know that's just that's just two different rooms oh, in a yeah. nightclub, isn't it? You know you're not you're not you're not playing that stuff together. Like that protest the hero are downstairs at the studios, Studio Twenty Four, and Norma Jean and Converge are upstairs at the studios. That's that's how that would have worked if 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 they were played. And if you get that metaphor, you get that metaphor. I would even go as far to say Norma Jean are. Sunday night at the Cowgate, and protest sure. the hero and dream theaters and things are at the studios. If anyone wants to, oh well. To be fair, dream theater was never played, and maybe not even protest the hero were played. But that's it's just two different places. So that that's the place I was in sure. two thousand five, two thousand six. I was more into my sort of prog, prog metal than this this sort of post-melodic hardcore this you know that this level of stuff i obviously found it later on in life but it's it, it took me back to to a lot of times where like i was sort of made to listen to this stuff and i was just like i fucking hate it someone put a blindfold to say please <laughs> Bless you. you know like let me this, this, this is one thing that i am absolutely unashamed to say i fucking love a sing-along all right i, I love a sing-along i love some i love something that i can just Put on and pretend to belt out, and this 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 was not one of those those albums for me, really. Yeah, I'll give it. it's not good. It's not a singing album. Nah, because you can't. You don't know what the cunt's saying. However, you will have in one time in your life given it absolute big licks 
singing along to Memphis will be laid to waste. Oh, windmilling in, like, just absolutely, just not even knowing what's going on, but just throwing your entire body back and forth. Singing, you're doing the waltz with your murderer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah, so that that's probably it's probably where I'm at. I, I genuinely have a lot of time for Norma Jean from 2010 onwards. This earlier, this album in particular, was not much for me to go back on. I did not enjoy it. I would like to okay. not hear it again. And with that, let's move into our one and only segment. What are you listening to? So, outside of Norma Jean, what have you been listening to, Keith? Not a lot. Again, I, I feel like I've I, we've shot ourselves in the foot here because I barely have enough time to listen to the the, the the podcast topic, let alone anything extra. But one name I will drop because uh, once again I was I was back in the homeland this weekend for another wedding. Christ, you're congratulations. busy. Congratulations, Alison and Colin. It was a beautiful day. Thanks for having us. Uh, the oh, and I met up with previous podcast guest Gaz Clinton. It's her brother. <laughs> it was it was his sister getting married, so so Gaz and I had had a good chat. It was it was great to see him again, and he 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 did a couple of tunes with the band that I unfortunately missed because because reasons I was outside probably drinking or whatever. So that 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 was a bit shit. But um yeah, that was it was cool to see Gaz. So and the wedding band did a really good Everlong. Oh, it was nice. Matt Gloss and the Emulsions. Actually, it was your wedding band. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, they're good. It was, and they did. Uh, they did. I just remember them doing a really, really good Everlong by you know Foo Fighters. But anyway, what have I been listening to apart from wedding band music? Um, I'm just going to name drop Kids in Glass Houses. Okay. Fucking on. <laughs> Where did that come from? Well, I was just like, I was just driving. We were just driving home, driving down the M6, and the missus is like, "Let's put on some, let's put on some music," and I was like, "Okay." And a couple of months ago, I sort of just when I was you know driving the other way when I was driving north, I I listened to Kids in Glass Houses and I listened to You Me at Six because there's a You Me at Six album I really like as well. So I just said to Han, I was like, well, what would you want to listen to? Pick pick between You Me at Six or Kids in Glass Houses. Now she doesn't know either of these bands, so she went Kids in Glass Houses, and I was like, right, okay, pick between I think it's Smart Casual or Dirty, the, yeah. the two albums. And she went smart casual. So we drove home listening to Smart Casual and I basically know all the words to at least the first eight songs of that album. So I was having an absolutely great time. So yeah, it's I, I may even cover them on, on the podcast because those two albums, their first two albums are amazing. They're just really good, consistent albums and maybe kind of like what I was saying about Still Remains. No one, I don't, I don't feel those guys really got the the credit they deserved. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was a, a band I was aware of. I never really listened to them myself. Uh, yeah, just aware they existed and moved on from there. Really, no fair play. I think we, I did previously name drop them when we had Ped on. When you know, when we did funeral for a friend, and oh, we were yes. talking about you know Welsh music and Welsh bands and stuff like that. I, and I definitely noticed Ped give me a little nod, like, "Oh yeah, kids, kids in glass houses, totally." So, yeah, they 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 were just a, a really cool band. Um, and considering I didn't really listen to much else this week, I thought I would name Kids in Glass Houses Very as, good. as something I listen to. What about yourself? 
Uh, there's been a band I've been sort of following for the last couple of months because they didn't have an album. They've, they've released their debut album just this week, Static Dress. Uh, they mm. released their album Rogue Carpet Disaster. And nice. I have to say, Keith, I would highly recommend you listen to it. It is, it is basically, I, I can't, I'm putting my 35-year-old, I'm putting my mid-30s hat on here. Sorry, what are they called? Just for the listeners. Static Dress. They're an English band, and they basically sound like all the emo bands, all the screamo bands that you listened to circa 2002 to 2005. Interesting. You've literally got, there's influences in there from The Used, Taking Back Sunday, Funeral for a Friend. It's all in there, and I strongly recommend anyone who's not listened to them, go and listen to them. They are brilliant. And that's their album just come out. Um, they're from Leeds. Rogue Carpet Disaster. You know, they're a Leeds band. I've been listening to the odd song as it's been getting released, and that's the album just dropped this week. And it's everything I wanted it to be. Great All album. Right. And outside of that, I did end up listening quite a bit to Touche Amore. Okay. Just because, and you can you can literally fire through an album in twenty minutes. They know how to write an album. I love it. No, oh, that's cool, man. Um, I mean, I'm aware of Tushi Amore. I don't know if I've really delved deep into that, but uh, you can yeah. do it. You can literally listen to the discography in an afternoon. Nice. But yeah, lovely. Does does that wrap us up for? Oh God, the aftermath by Norma Jean. I think so. I think we've been pretty concise in in our in our judgment on it. Um, I think next week it's yourself. It's yourself. Yeah. What am I going to do? I'll bloody tell you what I'm going to do. A band we've talked about a couple times, or at least mentioned a couple times. I think I am personally done with 2005. I'm a bit conflicted about that album. We'll maybe talk about them later. But let's say I am going to talk about Death Pop Romance by Raunchy. Now that's going to be a really short episode because almost nothing's known about this band. Similar story, it still remains. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, similar in the in the ideal that there's no one talks about them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why I started the podcast because I'm like, I listen to a lot of good bands and no one listens to them. Maybe I don't listen to a lot of good bands. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm the problem here. But maybe. Uh, yeah, no, Death Pop Romance again sums up where I was around at the time. Introduced to that by by my then bandmates who who, who were who you know that, that that band was very influential on me at that time and introduced me to a lot of music. Uh, Raunchy are a Danish band. Death Pop Romance, I think, is their second album. And I followed them throughout. They've not released an album since 2014. Fucking hell! They've not released an album in eight years. But I'll tell you what. Their 2008 album was okay. Their 2010 album was incredible. And their 2014 album was unbelievable with a different vocalist. So... Maybe we can just talk about Raunchy. I bring but. bring the conversation. I remember listening to Death Pop Romance. I remember it existing. 
next. <laughs> right. If you've not if you've not heard any of their albums, I thoroughly recommend at least check out 2000, 2010's A Discord Electric and 2014's Vices, Virtues and Visions. You could maybe skip Wasteland Discotheque. Okay. Maybe I will. But yep. You know, just, just to save yourself some time. If you're if you're a bit short, you know, go back to that last if if you have some time. But definitely, let's talk about Death Pop Romance by Ronchi. Let's do it. Okay, well. I think I think everyone in the band's called Casper. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the friendly ghost. <sighs> Lav, will you please take us home? Absolutely. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We have been Alive or Just Blethering. Please do check us out on our socials at AOGB Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, next week on Alive or Just Blethering, Keith is going to be bringing Raunchy, Death Pop of Romance. See you then. Just a tip don't Google Raunchy by itself. Good night. <laughs> Good night.